Thank you, Marilyn. And good morning, everyone. It's just so lovely to be back. Okay, and this morning I'm going to be concentrating just on a little bit of that passage, um, verses 7 to 11. Uh, let me open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed to be able to come to you in prayer, to seek your wisdom, your help, and your comfort. This morning, as we study your word, we pray that you fill our hearts with understanding. May what I speak in your name be the truth, and may it bring about the changes in us that you desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we pray to our Heavenly Father, we pray for many reasons, don't we? To ask for help, yes, but also to worship, to praise, to confess and ask for forgiveness, to seek guidance, to ask for blessings for family and friends, and frequently just to chit-chat and mull things over with our Heavenly Father. And as we talk to him, we are deepening our relationship with him. Prayer, it's so important and it's so personal. Now in my previous life, before I was a Christian, I used to think that God was remote, definitely physically remote, and for me, emotionally remote, and I don't think I even thought about spiritually. When I did think about God, I guess I feared him. And because of that, that I needed to appease him, that I needed to be a good person. And I wasn't always, actually not very often. But all that changed when I said yes to Jesus. By reading God's word, by being filled with the Holy Spirit, by just talking to God, by getting myself to church, by being with you ladies, I have learned so much about God's heart, his will and his desires. And boy oh boy, have I learned a lot about my heart, my will and my desires. And thank you Father, because they are changing. I hope everyone here has noticed that over the 10 years. Um, this morning, Marilyn read from Matthew 7. As I said earlier, I'm just going to concentrate on verses 7 to 11. And when we look at verses 7 to 11, I wonder, what do you make of that? When you read these words of Jesus, from my heart, I want you to experience them in a personal, intimate way. It's Jesus speaking directly to you as his disciples and as daughters of God. He's inviting you to pray. He's reassuring you that when you pray, God will hear you. He is listening. You know, the two Robins here, and Kim and Janet, Mandy, Helen, all of you, you are daughters of God and you have been given the right to go to him and ask and seek and knock with confidence. I know that we don't live in a perfect world. A perfect world is one where a child could go to their earthly daddy and ask for anything 
It's just normal. Without giving it a second thought, they just ask for a drink, for a cuddle, for help, for reassurance, maybe for a hoped-for present. They might be given water instead of juice, and the toy might not be agreed upon, but they would know that asking is normal. I wonder how much you've really, and I mean really, thought about being God's daughter, about being adopted as one of God's children. Perhaps you don't believe it. Or maybe you take it for granted and don't think about it that much. Or does it pull on your heart? Does it stop you in your tracks? One day, one life-changing day, a little boy was passed over into my husband's and my arms. And I still cry about it. For the first time, we looked into the face of a beautiful, darling, frightened little boy. And from that moment, there was nothing that we wouldn't do for him. We would go to the moon and back in a heartbeat. That little boy couldn't speak or understand English. We couldn't speak or understand Korean. But we all could understand love. We didn't even know this child existed until three months previously. We didn't know the day he was born. We didn't know when he had his birthday. We didn't know when he learnt to walk. We didn't know when he learnt to be toilet trained. We didn't know any of that stuff. But we had seen a little snapshot of him three months previously. The cutest little guy with a man bun. But from that moment, he was in our arms. He was our son. And our love for him was and still is totally unconditional. And for that little boy, his future was changed. God is waiting for you, waiting to be your heavenly father. His arms are open wide, ready. If you have not yet put your faith in Jesus as your Lord, as your master and as your saviour, change your future. Make today the beginning of the rest of your life. God desires that relationship with you. A relationship where you turn to him and ask for whatever it is you need. Because that's what a daughter does. That is promised to you here in this passage. If you have your Bibles with you now, I hope that you mark it and date it and that you go back to it time and time again and pray it back to God. He's waiting for you. He's listening. He wants to hear those words, words that you believe. Now, for some reason, I picked up a book on Monday this book. It was just on my shelf and it took my eyes. I walked past it and I picked it up and I just popped it on my husband's desk. I must admit, I have taken over my husband's desk. And then on Tuesday I opened it and it was totally at a random page. I wasn't looking for anything in particular. 
And I looked down, and this is what I read. Just as a happy child cannot mishug, a sincere heart cannot mispray. Wow. How did I find that on Tuesday? Well, I know, but you might not believe it. If prayer depends on how I pray, I'm sunk. But if the power of prayer depends on the one who hears the prayer, and if the one who hears the prayer is my daddy, then I have hope. Prayer is really that simple. Just be honest to God. Climb onto his lap. Tell him everything that is on your heart. Or tell him nothing at all. Just lift your heart to heaven and declare, Father, Daddy. Wow. Spot on. Too right. That book is Before Amen by Max Lucado. If you want to borrow it, please do. Last week, uh, Debbie G described her dad. It's really nice to hear about your dad. So I will too. My dad was loving, a real sweetie and a softie. Definitely the good cop in our family. Seemingly nothing was too much trouble or a nuisance for him. He'd pick us up from fizzy when practices were at night, stopping at the milk bar to get us a pineapple ice block. He took us surfing, calling into the corner shop to buy ice cream and lollies on the way home. And he was the one to bring home the block of chocolate on Friday nights to share. Did all you girls have Friday night chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> when mum and us kids fancied a barbecue, he'd rig up some bricks and put a grate thingy on top and a barbecue we had with potatoes thrown in the embers. I cannot remember ever him saying no to us or to mum. My mum, well, she loved us intensely, but differently, not as demonstratively. And occasionally, she did say no to my requests, particularly when they didn't make sense to her or she didn't think they were good for me. I don't know why I remember this, but sadly and embarrassingly, this really came back to me strongly when I was writing this. Um, I'd, I'd always longed for a cash register, a toy cash register. Who had one when they were children? Oh, I envy. Um, well, I'd longed for one for years. That's all I wanted. Whatever birthday it was, whatever Christmas it was, I knew I was going to get lovely presents. But I just wanted the cash register. But no, it was skipping ropes, scooters, bikes, tennis rackets, beach balls, kites, even a pogo stick. That cash register never eventuated. I should have asked Dad for one. <laughs> well, I have one now. <laughs> I bought it for my granddaughter and I don't think she really played with it much yet. So I'm looking after it. And if she doesn't want it, well, I'll just play with it myself. Anyway, back to Matthew 7. Let's look carefully at first at ask and it will be given to you. They are Jesus' words, so they are true. But you must be wondering, ask for what? Toy cash register? I don't think so. 
ask for a new job. That might be given to you, but this verse says it will be given you. So Jesus isn't urging us to ask for a new job. We can, of course, ask. We may well be blessed in this way. Remember, blessings are promised to us, but getting a job isn't a specific promise. Well, maybe it's ask for good health. Again, that might be given to you, but not necessarily. Ask for opportunities at work for you, for your husband, for your children, for improved relationships, improved finances, to fix what appears to be unfixable. Don't we all pray for such blessings, for answers to our deepest fears, for comfort, and I'm not ashamed to say, for miracles. And sometimes we are blessed in this way. I know I am. But we aren't promised those blessings here on earth, those particular ones. Our Heavenly Father has promised his children so much to supply our needs, to give us new life in Jesus. He's promised that all things will work out for good. And we were just humming that. And blessings for all who delight in his word, but not to be our magic wand. So I think we need to be careful with our expectations of this promise, ask and it will be given to you. Let's not get caught up in the prosperity gospel. If we say that ask and it will be given to you means that God gives you anything you ask for, then why was Jesus crucified when he had asked God, his Father, if he could be spared if possible? Why was Jesus born into poverty, lived in poverty, died in poverty? Why did Jesus focus on our spiritual health and wealth and not our material health and wealth? Believe me, we're not promised health and wealth just for the asking. We may be blessed with them, but we're not promised them. What then are we being promised? Well, girls, you need to know that this passage is part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's near the end. When you're at home this afternoon, I really hope that you get your Bibles out and read back from chapter 5 in Matthew through to the end of chapter 7. But I'll briefly fill you in. In the Sermon on the Mount... Jesus has addressed the crowd already and explained what a person who is truly born again looks like. A person who is truly born again knows that they need God spiritually. They mourn over their sins and ask for forgiveness. They submit to God's authority. They long for Jesus to satisfy their souls. They show mercy and they're kind and forgiving and compassionate. They are being made holy. They have peace with God and they take that message to others. And they live openly for Jesus, even if it means being persecuted. In other words, if you have been truly born again, you are on the path to righteousness. Your heart and will and desires are changing to line up with God's. But 
This will not happen unless you ask. You seek and you knock in faith, in humility, persistently acknowledging that God's standards of righteousness are impossible to achieve otherwise. The good news is, as daughters of the kingdom, they are ours to have. God in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 3 told Israel, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus in Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And then James in James 4 verse 2 says, We have not because we ask not. Jesus has given us that golden ticket. Use it. Ask. Seek. Knock. For God's wisdom. For his peace. For his righteousness. You have been promised. And God keeps his word. Of course, none of this happens overnight. It's a process. That's why Jesus doesn't just say, ask and it will be given to you. He adds, seek and you will find. Knock and a door will be opened to you. Be persistent, girls. Now let's say you struggle <clears throat> with a certain desire, a desire that's not in line with God's desires. And that's true of all of us. Perhaps you envy what others have. And that envy leads you into thinking unkind thoughts and maybe even saying them aloud about your neighbour who has more than you. She has better behaved kids, a more affectionate husband, a nicer kitchen. And then those thoughts lead you to being ungrateful for what you do have, ungrateful for your blessings of children, for your blessings of a husband, for your blessings of a home and a kitchen with an oven and a fridge and cupboard space. It mightn't be the best, but it's yours. But instead, you get yourselves invited to a pity party every single day. You know why? Because you can't do it in your own strength. You can't change those desires by yourself. You need to seek out your Heavenly Father. Keep on knocking on his door because that envy will not leave you without persistent prayer. Girl, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And you know what will happen? Your kids are suddenly perfect. Mm, afraid not. But you will stop comparing them to other kids. That comparison just won't be in your heart. You're too busy loving them. Your husband will bring you flowers every night. Hmm, I'd be a bit suspicious if my husband started doing that. Out of the blue. No, you will find calm, loving words to talk to your husband about your needs because the Holy Spirit will give you those words. You wake up one morning to knocking at the door and there are all these trays waiting to come in and swap over your kitchen. No, that's not going to happen but you may well notice some pretty flowers in your garden, or maybe in that next door neighbor's garden. You lean over and pick them. 
you pop them in a vase and you put them on the kitchen bench, how happy you will feel then. And from that you will find yourself praising God for your many, many blessings. Simple stuff will please you. And you'll wonder why you used to complain. Now these may well be the ways that your Heavenly Father will answer that prayer. I don't really know. What I do know is that he will give you a sense of peace, an appreciation of your wonderful life, and a grateful heart. You see, girls, God listens to our prayers, and he changes us. He changes our heart, our will, our desires. Jesus says in uh, verses 9 to 11 that all fathers know how to give. That's so true. But God is the perfect father. He's better even than my gorgeous dad. Your heavenly father is not going to give you a stone or a snake when you ask for bread or fish. He's heard your prayer. He knows what you need. And you will get it. It's a promise. There's no trick in approaching your heavenly father. Jesus has spoken. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, you are so generous and so good. You have called us as your children. Thank you for working in our hearts, changing our will and our desires. Put a yearning upon our hearts to always turn to you, to ask and seek and knock, so that we will live lives according to your ways. Bless us, your daughters. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.